0: What do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy
1: Show. It is a throwback Thursday. That's right. If you're listening today, this is uploaded. This is episode number 1,227. Right next to me is...
2: Damn I got one name. Damn Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. everybody. Hello, everybody.
3: everybody. everybody.
1: Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley.
3: Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. That
1: is so true. Sane ones all around me, two of them sleeping right now. I don't think that's a testimonial to the Riley and Kimmy show. That's two fur kids. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the big one, Lockjaw, the Mastiff, he's uh, he's back there. You he might hear some snoring. And his uh, sister, a little bit smaller sister, the Pity Bull, is uh, is snoring as well, too. And to my left is Kimmy.
4: Well, the first thing to do is to get her into a dress. She's getting too big to be wearing man's doves. Looky here. She's done popped the buttons off of her shirt again. It ain't her shoulders that's popping these buttons. Yes, Kimmy
1: is with us. Welcome to A Throwback Thursday. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, yes, you are quite welcome, Kimmy. And uh, how are you on this throwback Thursday? Great. Well, that is good to hear. One of of the things I want to say is thank you. If this is the first time you have uh, listened to the Riley and Kimmy show, we deeply appreciate you checking us out. Now, if you're a repeat listener, oh, boy, that is even a a bigger thank you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And please help the Riley and Kimmy show. Tell your friends about our show. Tell them about our Facebook page. Help the show grow. Share our Facebook page with them. And another way you can help the Riley and Kimmy Show is with the Spacey Awards. We are up for the Spacey Awards, right, Kimmy? That's right. And we won. And I, you know, I kind of hate to say that. It kind of sounds like you're, you're, yeah, I won. Uh, we by I don't know how. Somehow we took the last round. We were the top of the round. The mm-hmm. the, the top five. I I really I don't know how, but that happened. Mm-hmm. And a big thank you to those who helped that happen. And you can help us, well, at least qualify. That's all I ask. Get us into round two. As, well, we're in round two, but get us into round three. We have to qualify the top three, right? That's right. So we want to get into the top three, and we need your help. Now, if you voted previously, meaning during round one, hey, you got to do it again, right, Kimmy? That's right. You got it. That's right. If you kind would so kindly and, and to explain so. this, there are some, and I'm not trying to be negative to the Spacey Awards, because the Spacey Awards people and the Riley and Kimmy show, we're all friends. I mean, there's no nothing mm-hmm. about that. This is nothing against them in any way, shape, or form. Right. That is David Grace and Jake Estrada of Space Coast Comic Con. One of the things, there is some confusion, I think, with some individuals out there, some very zealous fans to the Riley and Kimmy show. This is really no difference than any. Political election process You know they have the primaries And things like that mm-hmm. You know you just don't say Okay we're uh, we're voting for the president No you go through a process and stuff right. And this is no different than that mm-hmm. Correct mm-hmm. And so that is what it is We're not bashing at all One of the things I will point Because you know there's one of those people Going that's just not right Yes they are asking you to use email And I really believe the reason is is verification for voting Right. So that is all. and Just like you have to use your uh, voter registration yeah, card. Yeah, same, same same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you can use your Facebook account, too, to do it once through their link. Uh, you have an and or choice. So if you'd like to vote for us, and we hope that you do, you can go right to our website. It is pinned right to the top. You can vote right there or follow the link to vote. And our web address is rileyandkimmy.com. And you can do it right on our Facebook page as well. We have it pinned right there. And, you know, if you do, please share it with your friends, especially on Facebook. You can share it right there with them. Or, you know, if you do it by the website thing, just, you know, click on the link, copy it, and send it to uh, your friends. We are in the media category. There's quite a few there to vote for. We are in the media category. Now, if you select us, I kind of, please please put us in the top slot. Uh, (laughs) That's what I kind of ask. Even though we are friends with just about everybody we're up against, I hate to say that, in competition. Now, I personally don't know all of them. I know quite a few that we're up against, and we are friends with them. They are all very, very good at what they do, and we are honored to be up with them in the running for this. So please help us out, share with your friends. And by the way, liking the Facebook post, I have to clarify, does not count. As a vote, you have to actually click that link and go, go through that. Please do. It's worth it to us. I'm I'm serious. We will be deeply, deeply thankful. If uh, we can we can make it through round two, and uh, a big thank you will go out to you. And maybe hopefully coming up in September, uh, w- we can take this home because we're trying to win it for Kimmy. That's right. Kimmy has never won anything since, like, childhood, some, uh, what, elementary school thing, Kimmy? Middle school? Mm-hmm. So we're doing this for Kimmy. Good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show. Mike Kales created the hashtag #WinItForKimmy. it for Kimmy. That's what we're doing. Let's win it for Kimmy. Let's, let's do it for her. You can find all those links to our Facebook page and also to voting for the Spacey Awards right on our website. And our web address is what Kimmy? rileyandkimmy.com It is a Thursday, April 27th, a throwback Thursday. I guarantee this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show because we are variety. That's, uh, that's what we offer, variety. Uh, we will have some throwback here, Kimmy, on this throwback Thursday. The question for you is, are you alert enough? Because we're recording this very early on a Thursday morning. Are you alert enough and do you want to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> It is a Thursday, April 27th, going to the trivia timeline. By the way, for those who have never listened to this before, the timeline has been adjusted. It is scrambled up. That's right, just like a a half a dozen scrambled eggs in the skillet. It's all scrambled up. It's sort of like my brains. And that is because we have a smart person who is participating in this game. That is Kimmy, and she's really smart, so we're making this just a little bit of a challenge for Mr. Spock right next to us. Or actually, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember the name of the... The Vulcan on, you uh, seven of nine. A uh, seven of nine will take. She wasn't a Vulcan. She was a, she was, she was part Borg. Uh, that's right. Kimmy likes uh seven of nine, I guess. And so do I from, <laughs> from Voyager. Perhaps Kimmy will cosplay a seven of nine coming up sometime soon. That'd be kind of cool. Well, she's coming to a show. Jerry Ryan is coming somewhere? Yeah. Where will Jerry Ryan be? Let's get a little plug here. I believe Megacon, right? Ooh, Megacon yeah. Orlando happening Memorial Day weekend. Well, the timeline has been adjusted. My 7 9 right next to me. And if you think 7 to 9 is going to be uh, you know, struggling a little bit, shout out those answers to whatever listening device you're uh, checking the Riley and Kimmy show out on. Yes, because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. So here we go, Kimmy. On this Thursday, April 27th, it was on this date in history, something changed, uh, well, the world of uh, mothers, mothers uh, having to do diapers, yeah, that's right, something changed. It was on this date in history that Pampers, Pampers was patented by R.C. Duncan and pretty pretty fast would become, well, would come to store shelves. My question for you is, within Two years. What year did Pampers make its debut? We give you a few moments to think about that on this Throwback Thursday. Here is the commercial for Pampers right when it became public. I don't know if there will be an audio clue there for you to get an idea just what the year might be.
5: My mommy loves me. She cuddles me. And boy, am I lucky. She never makes me wear diapers. I wear Pampers instead. Pampers. Procter & Gamble's discovery that makes diapers old-fashioned, because pampers are made with seven layers of softness to bring your baby heavenly comfort, as no diaper can. And look, these seven layers make pampers so absorbent. Watch the water go right through diapers, even cloth diapers, not through pampers. So you see, pampers are more absorbent. Result? Your baby stays comfortably dry. And Pampers Waterproof Backsheet means no binding, chafing, plastic pants. Wonderful for baby and you. They're flushable. Just follow the directions to dip, dunk, and flush away. Get Pampers with seven layers of softness. Pampers, the discovery that makes diapers old-fashioned.
1: As little oh, as a nickel a piece. Boy, sewage systems thank that right from its creation in landfills across the country. Now, Kimmy, tell me, what year did Pampers come to be? When were they patented and basically ended up on store shelves pretty fast right after that? What year? Two year plus or minus? Oh,
2: 1952.
1: No. 1965 is Ooh. when Pampers came to be. Yes, children of the 50s did not. Have pampers? Hmm. No, they did not. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. Francis Clark and M.G. Foster patented the electrical hearing aid. Give me within 25 years. When was this done? I don't know, you know, previous to this. Did they have one of those big horn things we used to see in drawings and stuff, you know, where somebody had like that big horn sticking out of their ear to hear? Well, when did the electric electrical hearing aid come to be 25 years plus or minus 1900 you get it within the 25 year plus or minus that's a good guess it was 1880 when that happened i have no idea how big that device is hmm. kind of curious too because just recently for some nerd reason i was looking at the mouse the computer mouse And they were playing around with a computer mouse. It didn't become public for the general public, but they were playing around in the early 70s, like 73 with that. And the thing was huge. And then even clear up to like 1980, it was rather massive before it became public, you know, to general usage. But it was a big, big device. So I wonder (laughs) how big that hearing aid was. Hmm. Electrical. I wonder if you had to strap like almost like a car-sized battery to you uh, to make it work. It was 1897. Grant's tomb was dedicated. 1938. A colored baseball was used for the first time in any baseball game. The ball was used between Columbia and Fordham Universities in New York. Kimmy, what color was the ball? It was not white. Mm. What color would that baseball have been? Yellow? That is right. Have you ever played with an off-colored baseball, a non-white baseball? I don't think so. I think I've seen those before. They still have them. Yeah, yeah, Mike Kales, calm down. That's okay. He, he's our, like, Mr. Sports, true guru expert. Yes, it's okay, buddy. Just calm down. It was on this date 1946. The SS African Star was placed in service. It was the first commercial ship to be equipped with radar. It was on this date. Now, Kim, if you miss this one, I guarantee who I just mentioned, Mike Kales will be quite upset with you. And so... Quite a few other listeners to The Riley and Kimmy Show. Some of them are your friends. It was on this date in 1947. Babe Ruth Day was celebrated at what baseball stadium? Yankee Stadium? You did it. Sigh of relief because I was afraid maybe we'd have some of our friends yelling. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was on this date in 1953. The United States offered $50,000 in political asylum to any communist pilot that would deliver a MiG jet. It was on his date in 1957. This person's first record was released. Now I'm not certain how familiar well it's it's an oldie that has gotten airplay, but not a lot. Meaning with oldie stations probably from the 1990s and on and 1980s actually and on. Because it was a it was a 50s hit, but I think his voice is so so uh, iconic. You 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 will know who this is, because he did have hits you do know. Here's your audio clue. Tell me who this is. And he had the hit called Teenager's Romance.
0: A teenager's romance is fickle or true. A teenager's romance is red hot or blue. You're either in misery or high on a crest. A teenager's romance.
1: I call the well, Kimmy's looking off into space. I don't know if she's in deep thought, meditation, or what. Can you identify who that recording artist is? Actor as well? Um, Ricky Nelson? Yes. I thought I was going to have to give you the bonus clue of Garden Party because that was a, a hit of his. Yes, that's Ricky Nelson's first record. Teenagers Romance. The year is 1964. John Lennon's In His Own Right a collection of funny poems and drawings was published in the United States. Have you ever seen that, Kimmy? mm It was on his date 1969. What a combination here. Glenn Campbell and Dionne Warwick were guests on Jose Feliciano's TV special. The year's 1972. Apollo 16 returns to Earth. 1973, Opryland opens in what city, state, in the United States, Kimmy? Tennessee. Ah, you got it. Can you give me the, the city, maybe, for bonus points? Nashville. That That's right. You've never been there either, have you? mm 1980, Studio 54 in New York was shut down on the third anniversary of its opening. The year is 1981. This former Beatle and Barbara Bach were married in London. Who is the Beatle? Ringo Starr. How did you know that, Kimmy? I just knew it. You, know, you, you did it. It was on this day, 1981. Wings broke up with the departure of Denny Lane. The year is 1982. The trial of this would-be assassin began in Washington, D.C. He was later acquitted by reason of insanity for shooting the President of the United States and three others. Who is the would-be assassin? Um, John Hinckley. That's right. John Hinckley Jr. And who was the president
2: ronald reagan that's
1: right 1982 moving over to this individual 1983 if you can tell me the team he was on nolan ryan broke a 55 year old major league baseball record that was uh well that happened when he struck out his 3,509th batter of his career what team was nolan ryan playing for in 1983 The Houston Astros? Oh, you are amazing. Did somebody shout that out to you? Was that right there? Uh, That was right there. You are, seven of nine. Let's see how you are with this music question. This lead singer of Guns N' Roses in 1990 marries Aaron Everly. The marriage only lasted for 27 days. Who is he? Axel Rose. That's right, 27 days. It was 1991. Bonnie Raitt and Michael O'Keefe were married. 1994, the Fillmore Club reopened in San Francisco It was on this date, Kimmy, 1994. See if you can figure this out. The year 1994. This former United States president is buried in California. Who is the president? The year 1994. Um, Richard Nixon. That's right. Buried in the Nixon Library in California, 1994. 2005. The A380, the world's largest jetliner. It completes its maiden flight now. This aircraft has a passenger capacity, a capability of 840. Wow! Can you imagine getting off that plane? Mm. Yeah, especially if, like you're way in the back. I mean, mm-hmm. like I hope they have dual things going.
2: Wow. Yeah, that would that would take a while.
1: Yeah, we landed. I'll be off the plane in two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. it was on this date, Kimmy, 2006, in Fiji. This member of the Rolling Stones was admitted to a hospital after he reportedly suffered a head injury. This head injury happened when he fell out of a palm tree. Which member of the Rolling Stones was climbing a palm tree like Gilligan? That's Keith Richards. Yes, you are right. It was on this date in 2006. In New York, construction of the 1,776-foot-1 World Trade Center on the side of the former World Trade Centers. Moving over to celebrity and notable birthdays, Kimmy, this person was born on this date in history. He is known for, well, creating this or inventing this. He was an inventor. Tell me his name, his last name. I don't expect you to know his first name. Can you tell me who the inventor is of that? Morse. That's right, Kimmy. Samuel Morse, born 1790, died 1872 at the age of 80. Inventor, he contributed to the invention of the single-wire telegraph system based on a European telegraph system that had been, uh, you know, there a little bit before his. And he co-developed the Morse code. Do you know any Morse code? Just um, SOS. I'm not going to ask you. I, I I hope I hope I don't depend on this someday with you. I, I hope you really do know it. You do? Mm-hmm. What is it? Dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. Yeah, Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you weren't even in the scouts. Fantastic. Right. See, you are seven of nine. Ulysses S. Grant, born on this date, 1822, died 1885 at the age of 63. What number president was Grant, Kimmy? I will give you a plus or minus of one position.
2: Oh, gee, thanks.
1: Well, because I know you're going to figure out who he was before him and try to do some math here.
2: Um, 17th.
1: That's within one. He was the 18th president in 1880. Grant was unsuccessful in obtaining the Republican presidential nomination for a third term facing severe investment problems and dying of throat cancer. He wrote his memoirs, which proved to be a big, big financial success for him. His death in 1885 prompted an outpouring of support and national unity. History debates on how he rates as president. At the time, his, people rated him very poorly because of uh, things that happened in his cabinet and with other members. Not him per se, but modern history is looking at him in a better way because of civil rights and things that uh, he had done. You be the judge. Read the uh, the Grant history. This person born on this date, his name is Walter Lance. Kimmy, born 1899, died 1994 at the age of 94. Animator, you know one of his creations. Tell me the name of his creation. Here is your brief audio clue. (laughs) Who is that? Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> That's right, Gibby. Woody Woodpecker, created by Walter Lance, born eighteen eighty nine, died nineteen ninety four. You know, Woody Woodpecker was has been in so many things, and he, he actually had popular records that hit the radio. Did you realize that back really? in the forties? Yes. Hmm. I'm not I'm not kidding. Woody Woodpecker was very popular.
2: Oh, that's the Woody Woodpecker song.
5: Yeah, he's a peckin it all day long.
2: He pecks a few holes. Oh, that's the Woody Woodpecker's too.
1: Yes, Kimmy, that is one right. K. Kaiser from 1948. It, 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 it was played, and but it wasn't the only one that came out at the same time. One I like a little bit better was by The Sportsman, with a little help from a, uh, well, the voice of Woody the Woodpecker. See if you notice a difference in that Woodpecker. Here's the other Woody Woodpecker
3: song. (laughs)
1: The Sportsman with Mel Blank. Mm. Yes, uh, the Woody Woodpecker song from 1948. That is on my MP3 player. I Kimmy's envious right now. go, oh boy, I'd like to listen to that all day long, mm. would you? All right, Kimmy, the next person born on this date, born 1922, starred in film, did Twilight Zone episodes, more than one, did stage work, and was in two iconic television shows. Here's the theme brief theme we're going to play part of it to one of his hit tv shows see if you can identify the tv show and then tell me who the star was that's all the clue we're going to give can you tell me the name of that tv show is it matlock no that is Um. not matlock no are you ready for another clue Mm -hmm. here is the tv show he was known for before that one
3: on november 13th felix Unger was asked to remove himself. okay kimmy what's that tv show
1: that's the odd couple all right he played on the odd couple and then he played on a show after that where he was a doctor. Quincy. Yes, that's Quincy. Can you tell me the name of the actor? Jack Klugman. That's right. Born on this date, 1922. Now, within five years, what year did he pass away?
2: 2012.
1: Um, that's exactly right. Seven of nine. Yes, he was 90 when he passed away. Coretta Scott King, born on this date, 1927. Died 2006 at the age of 78. American author, activist, civil rights leader, and the wife of Martin Luther King Jr. See if you can identify who this next person is. Radio announcer, Kimmy. And cartoon voice, and narrator. Should be quite easy, but it is a very brief audio clue here because you're so good and his voice truly does stand out. Tell me who the mystery birthday person is.
3: He's always talking about his good buddy Scoob, his old friend, his old pal, his old dear, dear buddy.
1: Who? is that? Casey Kasem. That's right, Casey Kasem. What year did Casey Kasem pass away within three? 2015. He passed away 2014, so you get that one, seven of nine. He died at the age of 82. Now, he was a host of a certain music countdown program that he did create. Can you tell me the name of that countdown? Casey Kasem's Top 40? Oh, it had, uh, Mm. I'm looking for its original name. You heard that jingle play a million times when you used to write down the Top 40 hits, week after week, kept him in your notebook, seeing how the positions changed. Mm. You can't do it. Its nickname was AT40, otherwise known as American Top 40. Mm. Yes, he, he created that. Moving over to somebody else born on this date in history, Sandy Dennis, born 1937, died at the age of... 54 in 1992, she was an actress at the height of her career in the 60s. She won two Tony Awards as well as an Oscar for her performance in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I bet you've never seen that, have you? Mm-mm. Well, she also did a lot of TV work. You can catch her on some of the retro TV stations channels. She uh, she was on Naked City a couple of different episodes as different characters. The Fugitive police story I think everybody's been on this one. Love Boat, she was on that, and her final television appearance was in 1986 on The Equalizer. Next person from the world of music, Kimmy, celebrating a birthday. Her name is Kate Pearson. She is an American vocalist, a person who is a lead singer and founding member of this band. Tell me the name of the band. Okay, can you tell me the name of the band? The B Fifty Twos. Yes, I think you imitated her at one time when you sang on stage. Remember? No, no. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of you're kind of being a uh, Kate Pearson there, minus the red hair. Now tell me how old Kate Pearson is today? A five year buffer. Um, fifty
2: two.
1: Kate Pearson. Now keep in mind when I give you this age, and think about that song, the Love Shack, when it was a big video hit and also a top forty airplay hit. She is 69 today. Whoa. Yes. Now in February 2015, she released her first solo album called Guitars and Microphones. She later released the non-album single Don't Sting the Bee. And on April 15, 2016, she released a cover of the single Venus. Yes, that's Kate Pearson, B52's member, and her version of Venus. What's your favorite version of Venus?
2: Um, Banana Rama.
1: Okay. All right. You're not a purist. You don't like the original 60s hit then. I see. Next person, musician having a birthday. Now I'm gonna play a hit. He he's known for the group being part of a group. But he did go solo. I think this is next to impossible. If Kimmy gets this one, there's there's some, something really wrong. But he's really popular in the 70s, going into the 80s. Matter of fact, uh, left the band and came back, and was successful when they went on a like a you know, getting back together kind of tour thing. But on his own, he released something in 2014. They hit number nine on the. The general top 100 And it was number 2 on the rock charts I don't think you'll be able to identify who this is But here is your audio clue
2: There's no time
1: Jimmy, <laughs> you have a. I wish it was a video episode. Tell me who that is. I don't know. All right. He's known for, uh, in the 70s, wearing makeup. Can you tell me the name of the band he was part of that he co-founded? Kiss. That's right. He co-founded Kiss. His name is Ace Freely. Tell me how old Ace Freely is today, within five years. 65 you get it he is 66 today you're you're moving quite well here kimmy larry elder age 65 american writer also lawyer and what i know him for being a radio and television personality calls himself the sage of south central and you can hear him since 2016 on salem communications with the larry elder show nationwide next person not going to say much about this person Except I'm just going to let them speak here. Identify who this singer and actress is. Here's your audio clue, then tell me how old she is. <laughs> Written by Prince, and with a lot of help with Prince on that album, and, well, some other future, or actually other projects beyond that. Tell me who the greatest actress of the 1980s Hmm. is. My favorite person on Miami Vice, and I quit watching when they got rid of her. Tell me who she is. Sheena Easton. That's right. Sheena Easton having a birthday. How old is Sheena today, within five? Fifty-five. She is fifty-eight today. And by the way... She is the first and only artist in history to have a top five hit on five different billboard charts at the same time. She did that with Morning Train from nine to five, both on the pop and the adult contemporary charts. We've got tonight with Kenny Rogers on the country charts, Telephone, Long Distance Love Affair on dance and Sugar Walls on the R&B charts all at the same time. See, Kimmy, she was important in the world of music. Hmm. I, I know you you don't like her i I, I just I don't I, I don't understand why you don't share my enthusiasm for Sheena Easton I hope somebody brings her to the greater Orlando area in the very near future I would love to see well, you I
2: think you're definitely a bigger fan than I am
1: Well I think so and I but I think you need to you know capture that Sheena Easton experience at, at least once okay moving over to another section of trivia I see dead people it is notable deaths it was on this date 1521 Ferdinand Magellan passed away do you know what he is known for Kimmy sort of like what his gig was an explorer yeah except that 1521 he passed away killed by Filipino natives when he was 50 years old While on a voyage to go around the world 1882 Ralph Waldo Emerson passes away what is he known for he is an author. I'll accept that because he was an American poet, that's good enough. Dies of pneumonia at the age of 78 in 1882. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job, or shall I say 7 of 9. I think you did a fantastic job with today's trivia and to go back in time on a throwback Thursday, we're going to take it way back and honor something from trivia that we talked about. Radio <laughs> So Riley and Kimmy show. Anytime we have a, well, an opportunity to go back in time to the Golden Age radio, we take that opportunity, and we're doing it right now with an excellent biography old-time radio show. Their whole thing, the whole show, is about U.S. presidents, and the actor he he played everybody. I mean, whatever president was that week, he he did it. Fantastic individual, great read. His name was Edward Arnold, and from 1947, we have the Ulysses S. Grant biography. Let's go back in time. Here is the biography of Ulysses S. Grant, starring Edward Arnold on The Riley and Kimmy Show.
3: Mr. President,
0: starring Edward Arnold. the american broadcasting company and its affiliated stations present mister president mister president at home in the white house the elected leader of our country our fellow citizen and neighbor these are little known stories of the men who've lived in the white house dramatic exciting events in their lives that you and i so rarely hear true human stories of mister president Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening, and only one window shows a light, a study on the ground floor. We find ourselves in the corridor. Go right in, please. Some visitors for you, Mr.
6: President. Hello. Hello. Sit down, won't you? Have you ever tried to be cool and detached about your friends and the people around you? It's hard, isn't it? Still, you'd think the president could be. Wouldn't you feel he almost has to be? Well, he can't any more than you can. To show you what I mean, let me tell you a little known but true story that happened to one of our presidents. Later on, I'll tell you which president it was. But meanwhile, see if you can guess... It began one early afternoon when I returned to the White House from a drive and met my secretary, Miss Sarah, in the corridor.
5: Mr. President.
6: Oh, Miss Sarah.
5: Mr. President, haven't I asked you enough time? Mm,
6: What, what? You've been been
5: driving too fast again, speeding, in fact.
6: Well, (laughs) I'm ashamed to say I like speeding, Miss Sarah. It's very exciting. Yes, and
5: not only for you, Mr. President.
6: What? How did you know I was... Oh, driving a little too fast.
5: (laughs) You might have known I'd know.
6: It's uncanny, (laughs) Miss Sarah. how you're always ahead of me.
5: In this case, it's quite simple, Mr. President. There's a policeman waiting to see you.
6: Oh, but I've already seen him. Or rather, he saw me. What does he want?
5: I only know he's terribly nervous. I put him in the waiting room.
6: Oh, thanks. I'll talk to him. Well, officer, we... we meet again. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. President. I... I'm very, very sorry. Sorry you arrested me? I'm the one that's sorry for breaking the law.
3: Well, I didn't know it was you, sir, until afterward. Uh, please give me back the citation. What? The citation, sir. I can't arrest the President of the United
6: States for speeding. Oh, why not? I was speeding and enjoying it. I intend to pay the fine. In fact, I'll give you the $5 right now. But, Mr. President... There I... are no buts about it. Here you are. Uh, but I... Your officer, take this money to the magistrate and give him this message. That you've done your duty. Uh, I'll just give him the money, sir. And hope he isn't angry. Oh, he won't be. <laughs> thank you for coming, officer. You'll excuse me now, will Oh, you? thank
3: you, Mr. President. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Thank
6: you, sir. Well, Miss Sarah, we can get on with business.
5: You're uh, not forgetting that General and Mrs. Roberts are coming for tea at
2: 5.30.
6: Good. But why must it always be tea? Uh, uh, Can't we have uh, a coffee, ginger ale, uh, or anything but tea? Mrs. Roberts prefers tea. Oh.
5: What did the officer want?
6: Oh, he wanted me to make me a present of $5.
5: What?
6: Yeah, he seemed to feel I ought to be above the law. Oh. But I told him that no public man is above the law. He must suffer the full consequences of his action, no matter what the cost.
5: It cost you only $5, Mr. President. (laughs) It costs other people a great deal of anxiety. All right, I
6: won't do it again. I (laughs) won't do it again, Miss Sarah, I promise. Now, what's my next appointment?
5: Oh, um, Senator Craig is on the warpath again.
6: Oh, and it leads right to this room, Mm, doesn't it? That means trouble, Miss Sarah. Every time he comes here, it's a fight. Well, let's find out what it's about this time. Well, Senator, I don't often have the pleasure of a quiet talk with the leader of the opposition.
3: Oh, well, frankly, Mr. President, I'm not certain this will be a pleasure. For me, you mean? Mr. President, the Senate Military Affairs Committee, of which I'm chairman, thought I ought to tell you of an action we're going to take this week. No, that's very courteous. What's it about? General Roberts, your secretary of war. We're going to bring impeachment proceedings. Impeachment proceedings? On grounds of incompetence and permitting corruption to flourish within the War Department. Permitting it? Oh, nonsense. His predecessor
6: in office left him a fine mess. You know he's cleaning house as quickly as he can. You'll
3: permit us a difference of opinion on that point, Mr. President? Look here, Senator.
6: We all know there's been corruption among certain civilian purchasing agents at some of our army posts, but it's hard to root out. Those men are sly. General one, General Roberts wants them
3: out there. He, he ought out of there more than you do. And you'll get them out. We know General Roberts to be a friend of yours, Mr. President. I'm sorry we don't share your faith in him. Senator,
6: we can speak frankly. You want to make political trouble for me and my administration and trying to discredit my secretary of war, well, that may seem like a good way of doing it.
3: You gain nothing by throwing doubt on our motive, Mr. President.
6: Throwing doubt on them? I'm trying to explain them. Now, if you're as anxious to cure that situation as I am, you leave General Roberts alone. And the thieves who are hiding behind him? He's hiding no thieves, Senator. He'll finish his job to his own satisfaction
3: and yours. I'll see to it myself. Mr. President, we're not going to give General Roberts time to do it his way. And I'm sorry we can't give you time to do it your way either. Good day, Mr. President. <laughs>
4: Have a cup of tea, Mrs. Roberts. Yes, thank you, Miss Sarah. <laughs> and then, Mr. President, after we found the house across the river in Virginia, all Ben could say was, it's too far from the War Department. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mrs. Out Roberts, here. you could never have married
6: a public servant. <laughs> I'm no more conscientious now than I ever was. Oh,
4: conscientious, Ben. You have that military idea that you must be on duty 24 hours a day. Mr. President... Please make him realize he's practically a civilian
6: now, even if he is Secretary of War. It isn't a man's job that makes him feel on duty all the time, Mrs. Roberts. It's the man himself. Am I right, Ben? <laughs> thank you, Mr. President.
5: May I fill your cup again, Mr. President?
6: What, with more tea? No, thank you. Uh, Miss Sarabon, if you ladies will excuse us, I want to talk to Ben a moment.
4: Business, I suppose. <laughs> you see, Miss Sarah...
6: We won't be long. We can step in the next room, Ben. Uh, Ben, uh, did you hear today about uh, Senator Craig and the Military Affairs Committee? After you. Thanks. Did you? No, sir. Not yet. Uh, They're going to start an investigation of the purchasing agents at army posts. Oh? And impeachment proceedings against you. Impeachment? Me? Why? Do you want Senator Craig's reason or the real reason? Well, both. Their hope is to discredit me by discrediting you. The Senator's reason is that your house cleaning isn't moving fast enough. But it takes time to weed out the dishonest men and not harm the honest ones that are doing a job. And to assemble evidence. There's a fellow at Fort Sill named Evans, for instance. Ben, I didn't mean to alarm you. There's an old saying in Washington the surest reward of an able, honest, upright, and fearless public servant is a congressional investigation. Sounds more like a court martial disgrace. Oh, no nonsense. I know it's unpleasant. But, Ben, all you have to do is hurry your investigation. Then, when you're called before the committee, you'll make them look foolish. We'll turn the senator's political sword against him. Do you think I ought to resign? Oh, good heavens, no. That would be an admission of blame. Your resignation would be a blow against the whole administration. You have nothing to be ashamed of. The only trouble is, you're so afraid of being unjust that you're delaying. Move faster, that's all, and I'll back you to the hilt. Now let's join the ladies again, shall we? Mr. President, I want to do what's best for you. It's my duty. Ben, you're doing exactly what's best for the country, and that's all that's important.
2: Oh, you know, Mrs.
6: Roberts. Know yes. oh Mrs. Roberts, here's Ben back again. Business is over for the day. Ben, you look worried. Yes, Cora, I am. Over whether or not to take another of those cakes. Oh,
4: Ben,
5: I think you deserve it, General. Here you are. Oh,
6: thank you, uh, Miss Sarah. May I have one, please? You
5: said you didn't like tea, Mister President.
6: I mean the cakes, and don't mention my diet. Oh, <laughs> 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 Mister President. <laughs>
4: you have a pleasant weekend?
6: Oh, a quiet one, Missara. How's the morning mail? Oh, much as usual. Except for a note
5: from Congressman Burr of Oklahoma.
6: Oh? Mm hmm.
5: Asking you as a special favor to see a man named Evans sometime this week when he gets to Washington.
6: Evans? Evans from Fort Sill?
5: Well, the Congressman doesn't say he's evidently a man from Oklahoma.
6: Well, Fort Sill's in Oklahoma, isn't it?
5: Mm, I think it is.
6: Well, Evans must be the purchasing agent General Roberts has been hoping to catch.
5: Oh, then perhaps I'd better send this letter over to General... No, no, no,
6: no, don't do that. It might offend the good congressman. And besides, it will be interesting to find out why a man under suspicion wants to see me.
5: Mr. President, this is Mr. Evans by appointment.
6: How do you do, Mr. Evans? How do you do,
5: sir? I'll be at my desk outside, Mr. President.
0: Well? Mr. President, I'm the civilian purchasing agent at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Yes, I had an idea who you were. As you probably know, sir, General Roberts' investigations and in the Senate committee proceedings are cracking everything wide open. I've been hoping they
6: would. I'm glad to hear it's actually happening. I, uh, I need some advice, Mr. President. Advice? Why for me? General
0: Roberts is a member of your cabinet. What's all this going to do to him? He has nothing to worry about. Hasn't he? I understand, sir, that you were the one who insisted that he intensify his investigation of corruption. Mm, That's more or less true. It will ruin General Roberts. Are you trying to give me advice? I'm trying to say something very difficult, Mr. President. General Roberts is going to find out that He's the biggest victim of his own investigation.
6: Evans, make your point quickly, please. Or let me get on with my work. Look at this piece of paper, Mr. President. Yes? what is it?
0: It's a receipt for a check for $3,000. A check I sent to Mrs. Roberts by messenger several weeks ago.
6: it's signed by General Roberts. Why? You can draw your own conclusions, Mr. President. The first and obvious one is that you and Mrs. Roberts have some ordinary business together. I know she has a certain amount of money in her own name. You sent her a check. She wasn't home at the moment, and the general signed the receipt for it. You're trying to turn this into something else, aren't you? No. You're trying to use an innocent piece of paper to try your... to play safe yourself, aren't you?
0: This is not an innocent piece of paper, Mr. President. Mrs. Roberts and I have business together. We have had for a year or more, but it isn't ordinary business. No? And she was never acting only for herself. She's only doing her husband's dirty work. Talk plain, Evans. In the past year, I've paid Mrs. Roberts $12,000 as her share of my profits as an army purchasing agent. She recommended me for the post in the first place.
6: Why do you come to me with this story? Only you can stop the investigation. Do you think I'd stop an investigation to save men like you? The very kind we're trying to get rid of?
0: You might stop it to save your friend, Mr. President.
6: Evans, you go back to your hotel. Don't move from there without my permission, and I'll see to it that the police make sure you don't. Miss Sarah?
5: Yes, Mr. President?
6: Send for Mrs. Roberts at once. And don't let General Roberts know about it. And tell Captain Drew I want to see him. <laughs> happened to Ben? Sit down, Mrs. Roberts. Thank you. Before you came in, I'd made up my mind to lead up to this thing gradually. After all, I've known Ben for 30 years. Now that we're face to face, I think I'd better speak quite candidly.
4: Well, of course.
6: An army purchasing agent told me today that he has paid you and the general $12,000 in the past years as your share of his profits in exchange for your having got him the post in the first place.
4: It's quite true, Mr. President. What? He was grateful. For what? Some years ago, I did him a favor. This was his chance to return
6: it. What was that favor? Really, Mr. President... I have to know more details.
4: It's my private business, Mr. President.
6: It's about to become the public business of the United States. And what do you mean, your private business... Doesn't Ben know about this?
4: Well, no. That is, he knows I have certain money of my
6: own. I saw a receipt that he signed. Didn't he ask you where it was from?
4: Ben never pries into my affairs, and I never pry into his.
6: But you're about to bring his affairs all down around his ears.
4: Simply because a man paid me some money.
6: Mrs. Roberts, I don't believe the story you've told me. Very well. I'll tell you what I do believe. That you let, you let this man to think that you could influence his appointment. And that you forced him to pay for the favor. You've let Ben think that this was an ordinary business transaction. Actually, it's graft.
4: That's an unpleasant word, Mr. President.
6: Do you deny the story?
4: Why shouldn't these men pay for their jobs? How can you
6: say such a thing?
4: How do you think we live so well in Washington? And Ben's salary? And my investments? Maybe Ben can live on his cabinet pay, but I have obligations... And expensive tastes. As you like. Besides, I've made things much easier for Ben. I've been happy to do it.
6: And he doesn't know. Has no suspicion.
4: He's always trusted me.
6: You know what's going to happen now.
4: Nothing need happen. Put Evans in jail. Nobody will believe him.
6: Mrs. Roberts, Ben is one of my dearest friends... But I'm um, sworn to execute the law. You'll return to your home and wait there. In a little while, Ben will come for you, or the police will. You're ruining your husband's career. If you love him as much as you say, your only chance to save that career is for you to take the consequences.
4: I'm sorry you don't understand, Mr. President. Good day. Miss Sarah. Goodbye, Mrs. Rollins.
5: Yes, Mr. Fritz.
6: What happened, Mr. President? Are
5: you all right?
6: Uh, Miss Sarah, call General Roberts here. Tell him to drop whatever he's doing. Miss Sarah, right now I'd give anything not to be the president. That's all of it, Ben. Evans and your wife. Evans is lying. He must be. I saw the receipt, then. Cora's always had money of her own, and, of course, I never questioned her about it. And she, she admitted fact, it to me. She has some other reason. My wife,
3: a thief, a crafter, a, a... Mr. President, she and I... She's loyal, uncomplaining, ambitious, never for herself like other officers' wives. Always for me. I know her. It can't be. Mr. President. Yes, Ben. Are you, by any chance, trying to protect me? How? By blaming her for something you really think is my
6: doing. Ben, I'd give anything never to have heard of Evans. Never to have seen that receipt. Never to have heard your wife say what she said. But I'm thinking beyond that. What? What's going to happen to you? Nothing will happen to me. At the hands of Senator Craig and his committee? while they tear you to pieces like a common thief. If all you've told me is not true, I'm not alarmed. I'll simply declare that Evans is a thief and a liar.
3: If it is true,
6: I'll assume full responsibility myself. You? I can't let Cora suffer, and I can't let you suffer. Never mind me now. You're my superior. Then take an order from him. Don't make me disobey you, sir. What are you going to do? First, I'm going to Evans' hotel and give him the hiding he deserves. No man can slander my wife that way. Then,
3: I'm going home. And Cora will tell me the truth.
6: All right, Ben. Have it your way. I'll wait to hear from you. I couldn't stop him, Miss Sarah.
5: I saw him as he left, Mr. President. Nobody
6: could. He persuaded himself there was some other explanation that it's a joke or Evans is lying or heaven knows what he's thinking.
5: And feeling.
6: Of course. How can you believe it, other Mister President? She admitted it, like a child as if she had no sense of right or wrong. She was surprised. I didn't understand. But, her. but just suppose
5: he's right. Suppose it is some horrible mistake. No,
6: no, no. She went home thinking about it, realizing what lies ahead of her—disgrace for Ben, prison for herself. Miss Sara, I guarantee you, she won't face the music. And that's what frightens me. About her? About Ben. How can I save him from what he's
3: going through? Protect him. Yes? Rodney of Central News, sending it to Sarah.
5: Please, Mr. Rodney, this is not the president's time to see the press.
3: Just one question, please. Please, it's it's important. What is it, Rodney? One of our men reports that uh, General Roberts' wife has suddenly left Washington for New York, bound for Europe.
5: Go on, Mr. Rodney.
3: Well, the question is, has this any connection with General Roberts' appearance later this week before the... Senate Committee. Has the president any comments?
5: The president has nothing to say, Mister Rodney. That's all, Mister Rodney.
3: Is that correct, Mister President? You heard what she said. Thank you.
6: You see, Miss Sarah, she ran away. It's all true,
3: Mister President. Miss Sarah
6: sent for General Roberts quickly. I've got to see him before he. I've got to see him, Miss Sarah. <laughs> you came I'm not going to run away too mr. president I want to know what you're going to do now before the committee
3: I'll take all responsibility myself
6: I have no choice you could let the chips fall where they may And hear my wife's name dragged through Congress through the papers as a no mr. president I can serve myself best and you by taking full responsibility then if they don't prosecute me I'll resign I would wish you'd sit down I'd rather stand thank you Ben I want you to resign now. How? How can I? I have your resignation prepared. That would be running away. I won't do it. It isn't running away. Can you find another name for it? To admit guilt the way... It isn't running away. It's giving me an opportunity to protect you. I don't deserve protection. I know you, Ben. Like every really honest man, when you decide to lie, you want to carry it to tragic lengths. It's the only way I can take the blame of this away from you... How can you? How can you? I'm the one who appointed you. If I accept the responsibility, the country's anger will fall on me rather than on you. I'm not going to let you make a martyr of yourself. It's not fair. My problem is bigger. It's bigger than you realize, Ben. If Senator Craig's committee draws blood with you, they'll go after other cabinet officers. They'll hamstring the whole administration. How will my resigning prevent that? And what about the impeachment proceedings? They can't impeach you if you don't hold the office anymore. It'll take attention away from you and concentrated on culprits like Evans, where it belongs. Believe me, I understand, Senator Craig. That's the effect it will have. Uh, I want you to sign this resignation. Very well. I'll sign it. Mr. President, I understand why you're doing this. I'm honored, more than I can say, that I've failed you. No, no. I'm letting you fight for me. Ben, if my shoulders can't stand that responsibility, then they don't deserve any. I'll announce your resignation in the morning.
3: Well, gentlemen, we'll soon see what he has to say. Gentlemen,
6: the President. Senator Craig, members of the Senate Military Affairs Committee, I've invited you here this morning to tell you that I have accepted the resignation of General
3: Roberts as Secretary of War. Well, I'm afraid, sir, that one resignation will not cure the problem. Does the Secretary presume that running away will solve anything? It's true that he
6: resigns in the face of your investigation and your impeachment proceedings. The investigation can now be dropped.
3: Mr. President, his resignation is an admission of serious guilt. On
6: the contrary, Senator Craig. General Roberts was in no way implicated in any dishonest dealings. He's an honest, upright man, and I tell you so of my own personal knowledge. I take full responsibility on myself for him, and I suggest you give full weight to that fact. That's all, gentlemen.
5: President. Yes, Miss Sarum. I've, I've come to make an apology.
6: Oh, you're never wrong, Miss Sarum.
5: Oh, I was so <laughs> wrong about Mrs. Roberts.
6: Oh, you weren't the only one.
5: I was wrong about Senator Craig's committee, too.
6: They're going on with their investigation? Oh, no, no, I thought they would. But they're going to leave it all to
5: General Roberts' successor.
6: Good. That's the way it should be. Well, the General's resignation has silenced them. I'm sure the new secretary will clean up the whole mess. I'm only sorry that through no fault of his own, General Roberts had to be discredited and disgraced in the eyes of the world.
5: It was his own choice. he faced that rather than destroy someone else. Well,
6: I know what the public will think of him. They'll think he resigned to save his neck and to protect him. We've got to let them believe it. But to me, and to all who know the truth, General Roberts will remain an upright, chivalrous man worthy of all respect.
5: And capable of... Great personal sacrifice.
6: Yes, and that sacrifice means the corruption and dishonesty we've been fighting can be cleaned up without political muddling. That'll give me a chance to straighten out the situation once and for all.
5: I'm sure it'll work out for the best. Oh, uh, by the way, that policeman is here again. Policeman? Mm-hmm. The one who arrested you for speeding the last. Yes, time. But I haven't
6: had a chance to speed since since then. I uh, Believe me, Mr. Oh, I, I, know, I know.
5: But he sent this back to you.
6: My five dollars? Why? He says
5: the magistrate doesn't think you should be fined either. Well,
6: give it back to them again, Miss Sarah, and tell him. Oh no,
5: I know. A public official must pay for his action, no matter what the cause. Mr. President, please don't speed anymore. I promise. And please, don't try to pay for other people's speeding too.
6: (laughs) I'll try not to, Miss Sarah. (laughs) Good night, Mr. President. <laughs> Good night, Mr.
2: <Ms>.
6: <laughs> <laughs> that was the story. General Roberts had to retire to private life, but at least he could do so without any more personal humiliation and suffering. The investigation was dropped, and we cleaned up the situation. Actually, General Robert's name was Belknap, and he was Secretary of War under President Ulysses S. Grant in 1876. And as to the speeding, don't forget that people used to be arrested for driving too fast long before the automobile. President Grant was arrested in Washington for speeding with a fast pair of trotters. Yes, that is true. Good night.
1: If you enjoyed that, please check out The Riley and Kimmy Show for archived podcasts, interviews, old-time radio shows, videos, and photos, all available at RileyAndKimmy.com. We're asking for your help right now. The Spacey Awards are looking for the best podcast. You can place your vote for best podcast, and we hope it's The Riley and Kimmy Show You can vote for us by going to our website, which is rileyandkimmy.com. And our Facebook page. We have a link to that uh, voting process. And please vote for us. We would like to thank you in advance for doing so. And we ask just one thing. Please share that with at least two people who will vote. And ask them to pass it on to two more who will vote for us as well. That's the Spacey Awards. And you can find out more. How to Vote right on our website and our Facebook page. Link to our Facebook page is available right on our website, which is
2: RileyAndKimmy.com.
6: The Riley and Kimmy Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?